Hello, 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 and welcome to episode number 49 of Five Star Potential, a weekly football manager podcast brought to you by WeStream FM. On this week's pod, we have an absolute treat for you, where we'll be talking about your superstitions and the things that trigger you absolutely when things go all kinds of wrong in Football Manager. But first, I must introduce you to my co-hosts, uh, Mr. Friday Night FM. Hello, sir. Hello, mate. How you doing? You all right? I'm good. I mean, I'm, I'm expecting you to say something here. You say it every week, and now you've not... I'm thrown. It's good, good to be back, mate. <laughs> there we go. Uh, it's, it, order has been restored once again. Uh, Mr. Kurt Dizzle. Hello, sir. I've recovered. Thanks for asking. Recovered from what? From my AIDS last week. Your AIDS. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, AIDS is a bit extreme, is it not? But mm, I, don't I, know. I, I thought you meant. I, I thought it's you were a fucking to car crash in my house. <laughs> I thought you were referring to the hangover you had uh, post birthday stream. Oh no, 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 no! That, I mean, that's that's self inflicted. I don't expect sympathy for that. Good, you're not getting any, uh, <laughs> Mister Dupe. Hello, sir. Hello, mate. How's it going? Wow, subdued Dupe. What's wrong? I'm sweating where places I didn't know I could sweat, Matt. <laughs> I think we all are. <laughs> it's pleasant. And welcome back, Mr. Toby. Teach, sir. Hello. How's it going, man? It's very good, apart from being very warm. Toby's probably the most cool man in here because he has a, an aircon unit because he's clever and he does things like that. Uh, we're all saps and just sitting sweating in our pants or less in some people's cases. I'm not right. wearing pants. <laughs> there we go. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> right. Save updates. You know, we'll start off with uh, Mr. Returner. Tobes, what's been going on in your Monaco save? Um, well, we just got to the end of season one. Um, you know, we didn't get sacked, which is quite amazing, to be honest, because we absolutely should have been sacked. If I was if I was chairing that club, the manager would have been out the door by the time we got to the second month. I, I can't remember exactly where we were at, but it was something like, I would say in like 14 games played, we'd lost six drew three you know it wasn't we wasn't in a good place whatsoever but we turned it around we've just ended season one we bottled it on the second to last game of the season we should have had we have scored a goal uh, away to Etienne uh, we basically would have had it in our fi- in our hands on the final day it wasn't the case and PSG did walk away but however with this the start that we had finishing second in the league just three points adrift uh, come the end of the season I'm genuinely really happy of course in the save we are self-imposed rules to try and ensure that essentially I don't play the same save as previous saves by buying the same players that I've used in previous saves, etc. So um, we're using only two striker systems and buying only French players uh, on the transfer market. Uh, so we've just moved into in tonight's stream into season two, uh, but basically spent the stream playing around with more two striker systems that look somewhat fruity on 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 paper but hope we're hoping that once they're in the engine they're going to work really well uh, one utilizing inverted wing backs as well as a half back uh, and another one that is using uh, based on the Villarreal project uh, from Mr Friday Night FM himself um, very much a defensive unit of a box yet then have two Mazalas ahead of it and then two strikers above that so as I say on on paper on your tactic screen it looks a little bit fruity but obviously we sat here and we're thinking about defensive transitions, attacking transitions, and where players are going to be on the pitch in those phases of play, um, it's looking quite good. But yeah, as an update, that, I mean, that's pretty much where we're at. Um, still in the job, luckily. Just going into season two, we're introducing a couple of new uh, systems into the save, and we're, you know, we're, we're, I'm hoping for quite a packed out pre-season because we're going to need a lot of games to try and test these two systems because I already know they won't be perfect. We need to see what's happening with them before we imply any changes in there. Mm, defensive boxes. Um, what do you think your was your catalyst for turning things around? Like, obviously, you got your ultimatum from the board, ten points in five games, I think. But what what do you think it was that turned it around? Did you have a sort of team meeting, or or was there any no, particular we trigger? Didn't have any any team meetings. We did end up moving into a four two two four two 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 system with wide men. Um, because again, you know, we to stay in two strikes. So surprised that we're playing pretty much a flat four four two, flat four four two this year. Although many people are having success, but I do think you need like literally like almost the perfect players for it. And I didn't have them. I was maybe trying to force it a little bit. So I moved, I moved the system into something that suited the players a little bit better. Uh, and that that ultimatum that came in 
Um, we crushed it. We got 13 points out of the 15 available across those five games, including beating PSG, Lyon. And in, in sandwiched in between all that, we also beat Manchester United um, at 1-0 as well. Um, and yeah, I, I don't really think there's much of a catalyst. That was just the way it, the way it went down. Um, that PSG game, I think I don't think I've seen you as happy with a result. Um, oh. Obviously, there's some people that might not have seen it. Kind of explain your emotion behind that because it was great to watch. It's a weird one. People who know <clears throat> people who know the way I play football manager have always liked to play very con- uh, either a very attacking or very controlling game um, with a mentality of we will score more goals than you score against us, and that's the top and bottom of it. With Monaco, we've not had that ability because we are making sure that we're using French plays. Some players left, some players came in. We're not totally French yet, but some players did leave, especially in the January window, and we're, 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 we're having to put a lot of faith in youth. So when we come up against the bigger teams, like Leon, and specifically against PSG, we cannot attack them while leaving ourselves exposed at the back because they will destroy us with that front three of Cavani and Mbappe and, and of course, Neymar or roll around, whichever way you want to call him. And... <laughs> When we come into that game, and this was the fourth time in the season that we'd played PSG, we'd beat them 1-0 twice, we got beaten a cup final, and we come into this game, it was so important in this league running, <clears throat> and we we managed to nick a very early goal via Thomas Lamar, and then basically the whole plan from then on out was to shithouse them as much as we can. So we had everybody rescinded back, everybody playing defensive duties, and we sat there for 80 minutes, watching PSG slap, I think it was 41 shots against us and 11 of them hitting the target and they were all from distance. And it was just, although I've always liked attacking football and somewhere you're trying to control more in the opposition half, it was just beautiful to see. And it really struck a chord with me to the point where I actually continued and will continue on in the save to play this almost defensive mentality where you're not letting them through. Um, it'd be interesting. It's really interesting. But it was one of those where... I've had many a big win on, and many an important win. And in the grand scheme of things, this game's not important as many, many of us have played on Football Manager. But I thought about that, the way that game played the whole of the next day. And it's been a long time since I've done that with Football Manager. I think it's it's awesome that something that is completely against what you've done in pretty much every save, because you very much sort of approach things the same sort of way with the whole attacking philosophy because you know you're you're in you're a united fan you're a manchester boy it, it's ingrained into you it's the way that you you've always approached everything and so taking a completely different approach but actually finding joy in it is awesome uh, i've i noticed that you've got a couple of targets that i've been looking at in my saves as well so i've been intrigued to see how they've done sort of at a younger age some i've been priced <clears> out of a lot of them because they've you know i'm four seasons in into my save at some of them are just like crazy expensive like you've got Zagadu who looks awesome at I think he's 22 or something in my save and he looks incredible he's an absolute specimen yet he's looks incredible in your save already and he's what 18 Zagadu straight in first team since we bought him in January has not moved out of there since unless we've just literally rested him uh carries ball out of defense absolute unit and the, and the great thing about Zagadu and the reason why I'm so excited about him is when you're watching the match engine, he is like no hold. He will charge a man down. And I don't, and I don't even mean like he's, got, he's not on uh, big instructions to close players down, but you know when he's going to step forward, genuinely, like 9.9 times out of 10, he will come out with that ball every single time and disciplined as well. He's, he's a, play a cracking player. like that in yeah. that situation is oh, worth its weight in gold. Like yeah. if, if, he, if he's the one who is sort of the, the last line of defence, you don't care. If it's anyone else, your arsehole quivers like a shitting dog. So, excellent stuff. Right, we'll move on. Mr. Dupe, what's going on? What is going on? Um, we we were quite successful, actually. I'm trying to remember where we got to last week. Um, I'm not used to this save update stuff. Uh, we went on to win the league quite comfortably and then the cup again quite comfortably. We went into um, pre-season, season five, thinking... We want to win the Champions League. Let's go one more season. We sold about half the squad and brought in half the squad again, earning about 120 million for the for the uh, the bank balance because the money is very poor at Roma. We started the season very well. Um, Champions League, two games out of two, we scored eight goals, conceded none beautifully. Um, but in the league, we've just had red card 
after red card after red card and nothing's really changed. Um, Renato Sanchez in last night's stream decided to jump about 25 metres to go through the back of somebody to then get sent off. Then come into my office after the match and complain to me that I'm not playing him enough. Um, it was quite ranty last night. We all like a good rant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can understand why though. <laughs> Mixed, I think, is probably a, a safe way to round that one off. Agreed? Yeah, it's just difficult when um, when you're a team that you, you just need to concentrate on the finances so much. We sold our top goal scorer last year uh, that he's, a, he's pre-programmed in the game to sign for £8 million. Pat, we, we bought him for £8 million and we then signed, uh, sold him four seasons later for £99 million. It's money you can't turn down, unfortunately, um, but then you've got to try and replace them and it's getting tougher and tougher. You see, if this was Joseph, he'd already had someone groomed, ready and waiting in the wings. We do. We have Pinamonte and Ronnie Dow. Um, Ronnie Dow? Ronnie Dow. Uh, who's who's really good, but um, I just don't have the faith, unfortunately, for these kids. I'm not into them. I mean, in some conversations, that's probably good. <laughs> in, in, um, most, in most. In yeah, most. Nearly all. In nearly all. Yeah. Nearly all. <laughs> Give them the benefit of the doubt. It's fine. Uh, Mr. Joseph, how have things been going with Villarreal? As it's been it's mentioned got, a number of times. It has, it has, and thank you for keep mentioning it. Um, got to about December time, so I'm just kind of in the middle of writing the half-season update. Um, it's going okay, and by okay, I mean dicked by Barcelona in the Super Cup, knocked out of the Europa League, dicked by Barcelona in the league. So yeah, terrible manager, really. Um, but I wasn't really going... Um, for, the, for the Cups I want Champions League money because that's obviously where we can sustain a good business model get the good players in I'll go for the Cups in a couple of years um, but at the moment it's just about kind of using the Cup competitions to blood a bit of the, uh, the, the youth prospects in um, the Europa League we was actually quite unlucky um, I think first finished on 12 points second was 10 points I was 10 points and it was only on head to head with Nice um, that we that we got knocked out um, but as Gary Neville rightly said he wishes when he was at Valencia that he'd just got out of the cups quickly uh, and just focused on the league so hopefully second half of the season it'll go quite well um, the two tactics are working pretty good to be fair I think it's more the familiarity at the start where it's a bit rocky conceding a few goals tightening a few things up with a few changes um, but the Raquel May tactic is awesome um, so I'm quite looking forward to kind of giving people an update with that who are you using in that Raquel May role? Uh, Manu Trigueros at the moment. Uh, I haven't bought anyone specific in, but the player that's doing really well is the player who's playing the left side in the midfield, um, which is Samu um, Castellejo. He has just picked up an injury, but he's playing that role. I'm switching between a Mazzara in support and a Mazzara on attack, and he is filling that left-hand side really well. Um, so I'm hoping that if I can just carry on with that, that'll look good. And then, as I say, the search will be on for the new Raquel May. Eyes emoji, and you can find Joe's blog on Joe's blog. We'll put the link in the description. Sorry, Tobes, I, I cut you off mid mid word there. I was just going to say, when it comes to Raquel May, are you are you staying true? Are you heading to South America to Argentina to find his replacement, or are you more looking for his characteristics? And it, and it's sort of irrelevant. It can be from Europe. It doesn't matter. So the the thing is, if you look in in the one, obviously the the post I wrote about the tactic. I put two screenshots in there of him in 2005 and 2014. I don't think you'd ever find a player that would match because if you look at him, you go, he is lazy, which he wasn't. But I mean, that's how they've had to make his player work in the match engine. Um, and 20s all over the shop. And you go and have a look and actually there's not that many players out there and especially not ones that you could attract to Villarreal. Um, you've got the young lad at Boca, Gonzalo Moroni, he's the one that keeps cropping up and would be like that natural player that walks into it. But again, it just depends if I want to go down that route. And I think if you get in a Raquel May, it's kind of someone that's already done it. So maybe there'll be an older player in Argentina that may fit it a little bit better. So we'll have a look and we'll have a play. But yeah, I haven't decided on anyone yet. I'm, I'm more interested in my goalkeeping situation. I mean, if we're talking about lazy footballers who can play an attacking midfield dare I dare I mention PHG mm, it's just where well, his really legs has he still got legs he might still have legs I don't know I am only mentioning him because he, he seems to crop up quite a lot in saves later on because he just doesn't play um, this is the sound of my pen 
writing it down. <laughs> I can't believe I've actually maybe have influenced the signing that Joe's made. Jesus Christ, I'm putting that on my CV. I've always wanted a Chinese scout. Brilliant. <laughs> 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 wow I mean I thought it was Chinese David Dunn apparently marvellous it's back um, Mr Kurt Dizzle I, I, I mean I don't know where to start with your mess to be honest so I'll let you I'll let you uh, fill us in not really played this week no real <laughs> no real update from me um, yeah so I joined I joined the club didn't I I joined the uh, the Saka Party Club Saka Kurti um, it was one of those things. So, uh, I, sp- I mean, me and Teach sort of started our kind of homegrown saves around similar times, and I think we probably had the discussion that you almost have to tiptoe around it a little bit—the homegrown element, you know, not tear things apart as soon as you go in. And I just ignored all that and I decided to—I decided to tear shit up. Aguero was sold. Gundogan was sold. I mean, there was about. Four or five pretty big first, te- you know, first team squad members released in the uh, opening window to replace them. We brought in, you know, the quality of likes of Callum Wilson, um, Jack Cork, um, who else? Jamie Vardy came in, um, and Dave uh, the Bin Man, Dave the Bin Man, Phil, Phil from the Dog and Duck. Um, so, yeah, it was. Um, I mean, you might say it was doomed from the start. I don't know. I, like, I feel like it, we started quite well. Then I, I lost the dressing room. I lost the dressing room. They started revolting a little bit. People were moaning, you know, like just just niggly things that I'm sure that we'll cover under the sort of the team meeting that um, that we're going to have in a in a bit. Sort of some of the player interactions that you have, and. Um, it got to January. We got given a bit more money, weirdly. I don't know why. Old Sheikh Mansour was obviously uh, on the booze or something, you know, in, Oil the, in one of his hotels or something. But um, he uh, he gave us some more money, and we, we did a deal for Harry Kane. Managed to bring him in for £110 million. And bless him, bless Sir Harry, he nearly got us out of trouble. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't to be. You know, much like, you know, you read these stories on the internet of people who have, I don't know, like bad hotel service, let's say, for example. <laughs> and, you know, before leaving the hotel, they'll like do something really bad, like, you know, leave a shit in the bed or something <laughs> like that. You know, I did say, am I right in thinking you, you spent 37 million quid on Joe Allen just before you left, Sitter? <laughs> you know, was uh, that right? Uh, yeah. So yeah. we, yeah. So <laughs> so you left them a parting gift, essentially. So jo- That's Joe what I'm Allen saying. and Jack Cork were bought in for a combined seventy-one million. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you know, when Harry Maguire signed, and he said, "Oh, this is good. This will be good for my family. The amount of money I'm going to earn." <laughs> Nothing to do with football. Could you not see it was going to go wrong from then? Um, it it did raise a flag. A, 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 you know, a flag. A, a what? Sorry. An England flag, yeah, it's because it was coming home. Um, it did, it did raise a little bit of a flag. I mean, I'm not saying a lot of them weren't trying, but they definitely weren't fucking trying for me. Like literally, any kind of team talk I had just got no reaction. Um, just it, they never trusted me. Uh, like I say, we brought in Harry Kane, and he got three and three. Uh, obviously, we got our ultimatum by the board. I think they wanted us to get ten points in. In five games, uh, we had Liverpool in there. We had Tottenham away. Um, in fact, both and both of those games, I thought we we played very well. And we were very unlucky um, in the Tottenham away game. Unfortunately, Kyle Walker decided to not only score an own goal, um, but also give away a penalty, and we dragged him off at half time uh, with a rating of four point six. Agent Walker wow. did well, <laughs> uh, and then. 2-0 down away at Tottenham. Bear in mind, if we'd drawn that game, we had to beat Brighton and we'd have keeping our job, kept our job. Um, 2-0 down against Tottenham. Got it back to 2 all, And then we decided to try and shut up shop. Uh, Q, 90th minute corner. Toby Alderweire, whatever his stupid name is, unmarked at the far post. 3-2. Jobs are good and see you later, Curtie. 
Agent Walker, more like Agent Kurt Dog, secret Man United fan shaft in Man City. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but where have you got to now? What, what, so now the dust has settled. Uh, one, one last thing as well. Rafa Benitez, who had been slagging me off to high heaven about three or four times in the few months that I was at City, got the job after I left for Fat Rafa, the Spanish waiter. Before, the city before your bed was even cold. Unbelievable. It. Um, I don't know. I've taken up quite a lot of airtime. We'll talk about my new venture next week, maybe. Okay, okay. If you're I'm- still there. <laughs> Oh, I mean, the shots are real, but they're fair and justified, so tough. Uh, <laughs> uh, my Sir Alex Ferguson challenge continues with Borough, and it's going pretty bloody well in comparison to what I, what I fully expected. I think we're fifth or sixth in the league. Very mixed results. We, we keep on having really, like, really good bursts of about six games, and then it all falls into pieces again. Um, currently playing with a, a bit of a similar to, I'm going to use Toby's word, fruity. Fruity formation, where we've got a uh, sort of a four at the back with a, a, a DM playing as a Segundo Valente with a, a deep line playmaker slightly further ahead of him in, in centre midfield. Then a, a uh, middle attacking midfield three uh, with a variety of different roles. And uh, then just the lone poacher slash advance forward. Rian Brewster is an absolute beast. If he could finish all of his chances, he, he I think he's made in the ilk of Raheem Sterling where he needs about 90 to score one. And he does miss an awful lot. I think in the last game I played against Leicester, he had eight. Six of those were attributed to him. So that was awesome. Um, we 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 nearly threw that one away. So it seems it's very, very hot and cold and very much dictated by the morale of the squad. But it's going it's going surprisingly well. And I'm enjoying it. Do you see uh, Brewster as your Eddie and Ketcher? P- potentially. Um, <laughs> If I can, I'm going to have to keep on loaning him because Liverpool want ridiculous money for him. Um, I have bought an abs. I mean, I'm stockpiling uh, new gens at the moment from every which way of Eastern Europe, and I'm trying to find some some sort of more homegrown variants as well. But they they tend to be a bit more expensive. I've uncovered some absolute perlers from some really miniature sides in in Portugal. I'm just basically mini wolves at the moment. Have you tried training Brewster on rounding the keeper? Because I've, I've I've taken that on board. That was Joe's tip from several weeks ago, and it, I he think does it does make a difference. His shots PPM, so maybe that's maybe that's what he needs round the keeper. He has absolutely got the pace to do it, and he's got the technical ability. Uh, it's just I wonder if because he's only currently alone, whether I'm wasting the effort uh, to try and you know only to lose him and make him better for Liverpool to then smash eight hat tricks past me in the following season. So um, we are out of all the cups. I think we're out of the League Cup. Um, which is one of the challenge, one of the challenges to win silverware within four seasons. So um, we we are out of the League Cup. We've still got the FA Cup, but we have drawn against Man City. So I expect that's a, a big fat L. Um, but and we're not going to win the league because United once again are running away with it. So there oh. we go. Anyway, that's enough of me chatting about my save. Um, as I've already said, Joe's save can be caught up with using the link in the description, and each of our saves can be found live on Twitch. Again, descriptions will be in the podcast. So, team meeting time. We've briefly covered our superstitions in the past. Now it's your lot's turn. So we we asked you a question to provide us with your superstitions, no matter how weird they are, and also what things tend to annoy you about Football Manager. Now these are all your suggestions, and we're going to comment on them, see if they marry up with our experiences, and just, and just generally see where it flows to, but using your words as our framework so they may well be tangents ahoy but we will try to keep the rants to a minimum so some of the, your suggestions for for uh, your your superstitions are downright absolutely bloody bonkers <laughs> like i i thought i was quite bad with the things that i do and, and some of you have just taken the taco i'm not sure what any of you lot lot think about any of these Curti, have you got any particular ones that sort of stick out like I'm, a just, thumb for you. I'm, just, I'm just looking at some of these and like a few of these like they put the cursor in the goal and stuff like that and I think that's um that's actually more common isn't it that's actually more common than you'd think but I've got this one uh, from FM Heathen Daz says I have a weird thing of pressing quick pick before changing it all back again 
I think psychologically, it's so I get to feel superior for Phil, to Phil Neville for being a bellend and putting my left back as a DM. I mean, that is tremendous. That is that, so he lets his assistant pick the team and he goes, you're fucking wrong. You're an idiot. I'll do it again. Every single game. That's superb. I need a system with Stuart Pearce. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'll pick a floodlight at right back. Brilliant. <laughs> Peter Crouch. Weird. <laughs> hey, you leave two meter Pete alone. Um, the, it does seem to be like we've 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 started with a with a superstition, but some people seem to be sort of quite annoyed, or, or it's a pet peeve of people with bullshit squad numbers. Quite a few people have have picked out that like whether it's AI or just other people playing the game that they observe picking ridiculous numbers for for any position I am in my forest save um, Harry Kane obviously starts number 10 for Tottenham but at various points he was number 14 number 8 number 11 I mean why do they do it every year why do they why do they I don't understand I understand some of the AI um, some of the AI they have like preferred squad numbers and I was on stream earlier today and uh, trying to sign uh, Lazar Markovic and one of his um, one of his things that he wanted me to promise was that he'd get shirt number 50. I mean, if that's a deal off. breaker, then the deal's off some. There's absolutely no way it's going to happen. It's ridiculous. I'm one of those as well that loves a squad number, and I know it sounds really anal, um, but I, I like to have the squad numbers in a specific order. And when you start seeing goalkeepers wearing number nine, oh my God, it does my head in. Toes. <laughs> <laughs> For me, I'm gonna have to be completely honest. Uh, it doesn't bother me. Squad numbers, just auto pick. Let's get. It's just another window to get past. Um, I mean, we brought Batshuayi in this season, and he wanted to be number nine. We didn't have a number nine shirt, so I gave him ninety nine just for the crack. I just think it's it's just another window. You know, while taking part in the Teach Pursuit just a couple of short hours ago, uh, tracking one of the French under twenties players, as well as keeping an eye on a few of my own who were in that squad. Um, I did happen to notice that uh, our our very own young Goobles, our very own young Goobles, um, you know, pleasantly wearing the uh, the number two while spearheading the attack. So, style. <laughs> so there we go. A uh, IRL Bradley Wright Phillips last night was wearing the number ninety nine shirt and then unveiled his number one hundred shirt when he scored his hundredth goal. You need shooting. Dick move. Dick move. <laughs> Shoot his brother as well. Wow. Everything <laughs> that's wrong with modern football. <laughs> and then Duke just really destroys it <laughs> with that. Bloody hell. Oh, dearie me. I have I have context to that, but we won't go into that right now. Um, I, Broke I, Dean Ashton's foot. Yeah, that's why. Yeah? <laughs> no, it, it, we, we won't go into it. Maybe another day. Curtis yeah. doesn't like Bothroyd. I don't like Wright Phillips. So I, let's just move on. Game over. Maybe we should set up a tag team match of some description. Mate, just stop talking about wrestling. Please. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> you can't help Wait. it. I'll smash you Wait over the head with the belt. Have you got the belt there? Have you got the belt? <laughs> of course I've got the belt here. It never leaves my side, son. It comes to work with me. Anyway, back on track. I know, I know we like tangents, but I mean, this is, this is a... Slightly beyond the pale, I think. Um, whilst we were touching on squad numbers, uh, our very own Liam H of, of WeStream FM fame, uh, he has a superstition about ordering his subs in position order from keeper in number one to striker in the final sub position. Uh, think thoughts, opinions. How do we how do we arrange our subs, gentlemen? Yeah, I mean, I I, I do that, and then every now and again, I'll notice one that's out of position, and it rustles me, and I have to change it. I mean, it's just, it's a stupid thing, but it's just, it makes sense. Goalkeeper, defenders, midfielders, wings, I think it's, strikers. I think it's just common, isn't it? Because it's where you've been brought up. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to rock it that way. I'm not so anal that if it's fell out of shape, I don't get rustled by it. But when I get to the point where I've cleared my squad, it goes back in in order, of course, without the goalkeeper, because I very rarely run one as a, as a, as a substitute. So I uh, just thought I'd chuck that in, because I know... That's just triggered Mr. Friday Night FM to death. 
I mean, it, it wouldn't bother me if it hadn't fucked you over in your last in your last save. So you know, yeah. you uh, you reap what you sow. You um, do, but yeah, I agree. I agree with Liam. It's the same. Goalkeeper is you know sub one, right back sub two, left back sub three. It has to be in order. You know, and to be fair, he's he's gone up on the ladder of my favourite We Stream FM streamers now just for that comment. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you who's bottom. <laughs> <laughs> um, just to quickly jump in before we slates me too much being in italy it's quite tough we've got we've got so many subs i i literally have um a, a whole never 11 so yeah i'm the same I've, i'll have my um I, I do a little bit different but i have um my goalkeeper my three center backs my two wing backs my two my, my midfield then my strikers uh all, all three of them joe and then um and, that, and that's that's the way i like it it's just it's just strange but i think i think it's just that that continuity, I think it's just easy to when you when you want a sub, you know exactly where your sub is, and I think that's it's just speed things up. Matt Quine's actually said something about the similar similar sort of thing about subkeepers. That's his superstition. He doesn't really need one. He's not had an injury, but I think those that have been burnt by this chalice, and we have mentioned it before, tend to err on the side of caution, where the others that don't seem to either care or are willing to run the risk. Um, aren't too fussed, but he he absolutely agrees. In the he's in the he's in the teach and dupe camp with that. Um, the there's another interesting one that I think from a pretty good bloke, which is I mean he might be we don't know, but hopefully he is. But he's 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 brought up a good point about never viewing uh, opposition players attribute screen during the game, guaranteed to then play a blinder, which I think is <laughs> I've definitely done or or mentioning them. That, that that's that's my thing. Mention them. That's it. You're going to get ruined by them. The thing is, that was the one comment when 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 they were getting dropped in on Twitter today. When I looked at it and sort of went, "Really? I mean, how do you know the the quality of these guys that you're playing against, or who may or may not be the danger man, or who you're trying to counter in your tactic or look after or whatever it may be?" It was like that when I think when it comes to superstitions, I think when was when I was reading through them as they dropped on today, that was the one that went. That is a full-blown superstition because I I couldn't help myself but want to see what they're up against. And if if pretty good bloke, bless him, good on him. You know, if he if he goes through the whole game without ever looking at opposition's attributes before he plays a game, then then fair play to that man. Fair play to that man. Do you uh, do you remember your cup final last night, Tobes, Where we you we talked about? Well, I say we talked about. It was on stream. And uh, Morgan Sanson was almost pointed out. I think Mikey and myself pointed him out, and then he absolutely ran the show against you. Yeah. I mean, at that point, to be honest, he'd already been doing it. Um, he played. They were they were lined up very differently than they lined up in the, in the previous game, uh, two games that we played them. And they had, a, uh, they had a DM, so we had the extra cover. But Morgan Sanson in that game was doing everything you would want your central midfielder to do he was absolutely stunning on that night and of course when we get into the press conference after the game uh, and asked you know do you reckon Sanson had a, a had a good game and had a big effect I was like I don't want to talk about him you know <laughs> there's, a, there's a good one from Sucker Salonen Yane Salonen on Twitter who says superstition if I'm controlling the game but not scoring I switch highlight mode from comprehensive to key. That's like the old way of uh, when you're leading a game and you want to close it out, just go overload and you'll never see another highlight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that makes that, that makes sense, doesn't it? If he's playing on comprehensive, of course he's going to see more goals playing on key than he does on comprehensive. Well, not more goals, but he's, he's more likely to see a highlight resulting in a goal. But I think I, 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 can, I can understand the logic with that because... Like I think we generally tend to play on on something more than than just key mostly, and we the amount of decisions that we make based on seeing one particular highlight, and they're usually like completely flippant, and they do suggest something. But the amount of times where you, if you'd have left it alone, it would have been fine. But because you've you faffed around with it slightly, everything falls to shit. And the amount of times that if you didn't see those highlights that led to nothing, but give you an inkling of of something that might be brewing up within the opposition's ranks. And then you go and make it worse. Does anyone else feel like this particular version of FM, probably more so than any others, I'm not sure, maybe it's just because it's fresher in the memory, um, if you're winning a game, just leave it. Just le don't yes. change anything. Because the amount of times, um, and it happened on my 
uh, you know, during my save update, which I, we, we've talked about and we don't need to talk about again. But where you think you're doing the right thing by going defensive and just inevitably you'll always concede again. Yeah, it's happened to me, especially when it's important. Do you know what I mean? And you think, right, rather than us having a two-goal lead here and I'm going to lock it down, this is, you know, you get into that situation where you've got the one-goal lead, you absolutely need the win. There's eight minutes left on the clock. I'm going to attempt to take a breather. I'm going to you know, stop the attacking flow. I'm going to get everybody on, on more defensive duties and yada, 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 yada. And the minute you click, the minute you click, okay, confirm, Sucker punch. You find yourself diving straight back in there to put it exactly as it was beforehand because <laughs> you now need to chase that goal. Yeah. To only make that worse is while you're doing the changes, the highlights are still going on behind and then you just see the flash at the bottom <laughs> and you're like, nah, just cancel that. They've just scored. Fuck it. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Actually, uh, one 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 other point that Sukha Salonen that, uh, had said, his trigger was injuries always stack up on players playing the same position. Now, I didn't think this was a thing. I tended to get quite... Uh, random injuries they would just be to key players all at the same time I had my entire left hand side wiped out within two games uh, at the end of the back end of last season and I was I, I genuinely didn't know what to do I was like having to play I had no I had no left backs so I was having to play a right back at left back and then I ended up playing a wide uh, a wide playmaker just to try and work out what the hell I could do I, I genuinely had no idea how to, to deal with it so that annoyed me Notice or obviously and notably for for good reason to be fair because I don't think I've ever seen so many players in the same position get all get injured and it wasn't even just one position it was the entire left hand side of my team brilliant I can I can almost trump you there uh, in the second season at Manchester United um, Alexis Sanchez injured within the first literally like like three or four minutes uh, we then brought Rashford on to play on the left hand side in his position <clears throat> injured by the 17th minute and then we brought on Anthony Martial, who did not see out the first half and was injured also. Three injuries, all in the first half, all on the same side of the feet, all in the exact same playing position in the same game. We came out of it and only one of them had a long-standing injury, which was Sanchez. He ended up being out for four months. Uh, one of them like for one to three days and the other one was pretty much fine. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know. Was However, the- I, don't, I, don't think it, I don't think it triggered me. Uh, in in a, in a true sense, and I don't think I've seen that much of it uh, since then. It was just that was one thing that's happened to me this year, um, and yeah, it was a uh, it was pretty brutal. Who was the opposition right back? Was he guilty? Some absolute helmet. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> hey, it sounds like a beast. Yeah, it was an. Abs- it was. It was an. I'm sure the lad was carrying a shank. I mean, I'm not saying you know <laughs> nothing caught on camera or anything like that, but that lad was dealing some right damage. Perfect. I, I'm going to go for Stoke. I think it, it definitely sounds like a Stoke-related injury. I think so. Um, I think that's pretty much the end of, of it. They were all very similar, actually. I'm quite surprised. Uh, it was mainly relating to numbers. and uh, Although I, I think some people have mentioned about sort of the, the match engine animation, animations that we've covered quite extensively and also the obvious thing where you've had 25 shots that have been decent, but the keeper's got a 9.9. And then they get the one when they haven't even had a shot on target that's an own goal. That I think that would notably trigger absolutely <clears> everyone. And I don't think anyone who's not been FM'd, um, you know, and the, everyone understands that pain. Can I drop one last trigger in <clears throat> from myself? Right, so I, I very rarely storm out of press conferences. I see it as unprofessional. I wouldn't do it in real life if I was in that position and wouldn't do it on the game because I treat this game very much like real life but not like real life but I try and put myself in the position if I'm being asked that question how I would answer it what the mannerisms and all the rest of it and uh, we were Monaco we just qualified for the Champions League so we were guaranteed a third place finish um, and we were we were duly asked after the game are you happy with that da, 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 and we moved on before the next game different reporter um, how important do you think it is officially teach you know to get the result here to absolutely guarantee your your spot in the Champions League and I'm saying like, what the fuck's this guy about? We've already got it. It was confirmed. It was done. We weren't going to drop out of third place. And it was just one of those moments where I got irrationally annoyed, <laughs> right? Because the game essentially was broke. It was broke. There's no, the, 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 it's bad enough. I manage all my press conferences because I like to 
make sure that I'm the one who's got my hand in the morale. If the squad morale drops because something's said at a press conference, it's on me. So I make sure I handle them on. When you're handling every single press conference yourself, it does get to the point where they get a little bit annoying. You see the same questions and so forth, but you still do it because you want to maintain that level. To be asked a question from the game that is coded to give you questions based on your current position, and for the game not to even fucking know what was going on, literally stormed out, not interested, mate, see you later. Um, just It's just one of those things. And as I say, it was an irrational trigger. It was a completely irrational trigger, but, you know fundamentally it once again boils down to essentially it's a it's a bug and we are eight months into the life cycle of the game and and that 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 exists so yeah i've had i've had quite a lot of bugs i've not seen before um, over the past few days crop up uh, and like i said we're trying to not be negative but we can't say that there aren't bugs because there are I'd had one where I couldn't give my midfield a team talk um, at the end of a game. I could give the defence, I could give the strikers, couldn't give them if it didn't even have an option. Click the drop down, there's no option there. And I've never seen that before. And I've seen all sorts of other weird and wonderful things uh, this week. But um, they, they'll they always exist. But I do get the, the whole rustle of it being so deep into the game's you know life cycle. There's been patches, there's been hot fixes. And that they still exist, and I dare say they've probably existed for a long time, and they'll just they'll sit on a bug list waiting, uh, and they'll never be fixed because <laughs> because they won't be. I've worked in software companies for a long time to know that when it comes to priority, new features are always always win at the end of the day, or or not in some cases. <laughs> right, uh, we're going to move on to our Q and A. So we've got two questions, one answer, as per usual. Now we're going for friend of the show, FM Life, uh, Troy. Um, name one feature that should be added to FM Nineteen, excluding training and goalkeeping fixes. Um, better three D match animations I is the not. answer. Because uh, <laughs> it's just. It, I've I've gone back to two D. I know every, pretty much everyone else here. I think has has gone back to two D. Um, I tried for th- with three D. Uh, I know Miles uh, was very keen to push the three D this year, um, but it's uh, it's it's not good enough. Every every goal looks like someone's made a mistake, um, and it's just enough to to rustle anyone. So I've gone back to two D, and it's a much more pleasurable experience. <clears throat> Going to be cheeky, Troy. Chuck two at you really, really fast. Uh, first one being, I want my players not to get confused when I come into the dressing room on a team talk and say, look, you've played absolutely shit, but you, son, you've had an all right game. So you're not including this. You've done okay, but the rest of you have done shit. The problem you have, you tell them all they've done shit, and the one who has played quite good, you want to get to his individual team talk and say, as it goes, son, you had an all right game out there. It's a shame the other lads weren't playing to your level. At that point, He's already angry, demotivated, confused, and everything else. I find that highly annoying, and bearing in mind how important morale is on Football Manager, I think something needs to be done with the team talk so that you can address that much, much better. Round of applause for that one. And the second one being, um, <clears throat> when you are when you are uh, assigning, this is, I, I can't really put it in training, so I'll, I'll a, a discussion I had with Cleon um, about, uh, do you know you're setting your attribute colours? It's like you, know, you can set your attitude. It's just in the preferences, you being able to segment that off to position. Because why does it matter that you're looking for someone with, for example, 15 pace and acceleration when you might not be looking for that in a particular role? Say someone who's going to be quite stationary in the middle of the park. So it would be nice to set your central midfielders and set those attribute color preferences to something a bit lower for that position on the park so that when you're looking on the scouting side of things, you're, you're scouring the market and doing everything else, you know, your, say your green light, which is your good place, if that's where your colour's set, actually is level with that. I thought that was an a, a important one. But I'll move on. That was quick. Um, my, my one would, I suppose it'd have to be something quick, would be regen faces. And obviously when they're, they change race, kind of mid-save. Yeah. <laughs> my on my new save, my manager avatar is uh, Rushdu Rechba, who's the ex Fenerbahce Barcelona Turkish goalkeeper, 
and set him all up. Gave him a gave him a, a tash. He had uh, he had always had a big tash, and now his tash has disappeared. It's like I don't know why I even bother. Don't know why. I've <laughs> got got to deal with Gillette, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think they're all justified improvements. I really, really appreciate you pointing that one out, Tobes, because there, there is quite often that situation where one guy, like even if you've been pummeled all game, the keeper's had a good game. Like him getting pissed off and morale getting destroyed really does annoy me as well. Um, next question is it's kind of Curti related. What do you guys do to get out of a slump? I mean, Curti will answer for you. You don't. Um, but uh, anyone else? Tobes, you've been in a sort of had a couple of slumps in Monaco. How, what what did you? I mean, you kind of covered it in the save update, but have you got any tips? But a sort of a bit more generic that may assist someone else who gets stuck in a bit of a morale we, meltdown. We have a lot of information available to us <clears throat> about uh, match performances, player mistakes. You know, and I think they're seldom used. I think it's very easy to to dial into what's going wrong where and highlight a whether it's a player or b the player that you're using in the system is not actually proficient to the system you're using. I think more often than not, when things are in a slump, it's easy to blame the players when actually you just take a quick look at what you're doing with those players and uh, you know sort of giving yourself a bit of a check and saying, well, hang on a minute, um, I can get much. He should be playing better than this, and I can't keep blaming it on on the player himself or those around him. You know, just a quick check of what's going on. You know, generally get you out of it. So I'm, I'm generally one to err on the side of caution when changing, like going on for mass change. Um, and rather than shoehorning players into a tactic, I generally tend to build it around them. And I did find, I, I, I was struggling massively. I went on, I went from winning six games on the trot to losing four and something big needed to change. And I, so I went through everything I looked, I think I, I mean, I did try to anyway. That's this is one one of the bugbear of mine is the the fact that the analysis screen is so buggy and it will just crash, cause the entire game to crash at times when you're just trying to load up a heat map or something like that. So it did take a lot longer than I would have hoped. But I did go through working out where our goals were coming from, uh, and pretty much all of them were from through balls because of the pace of Rian Brewster. So I thought the best way to get the you know to to come out of this slump is to basically give him the food he needs to score which was through balls rather than crosses because he's got he's he can't jump he can't head either so we're not going to get many of those so that's why I positioned so many attacking midfielders around him to feed him the the through balls that he was thriving on and since he just he gets he gets mainly you know he's had a few braces scored a couple of hat tricks against big sides as well yes we kind of need the teams not to sit off for us we have no space to exploit with his pace but it's worked by and large the most thing and that's how we've got out of the slump by by being completely dramatic and going completely against my usual grain of keeping things level and just praying for a draw uh, to get yourself out of that again when it's it can sometimes be difficult to change that entire squad mindset i do think team meetings can work to your favor as long as you don't screw them up but that's a big caveat it's a really good point that not enough people, I don't think, look at the players at their disposal and look at what their actual strengths are. Um, so, yeah, it's a really good tip that I think. And your answer for this week, gentlemen, where you have to come up with the question, um, is Kyle Walker. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who is a traitorous penis? Wow. <laughs> Whose voice doesn't suit their face? <laughs> Joe's really good at these. I think Joe wins. I, I quite like that. I quite like that. Although Harry Maguire could probably be an equal answer for that. Who is not a centre-back? <laughs> that's, a, that's the one I was going to use. <laughs> well, that one's that done. Right. It's that time again. He's back from illness. He's back from injury. He's back with another save. But he's also back for Curtis Quiz. Curtis Quiz! I, I don't like that intro. Well, that's because you should have got sacks. Fight me. Fight me. Keep working on that one, nerd. Right, so <laughs> as we have the return of uh, two of our OGs, I mean, Duke was here last week, but we've also got Teach back this week. Um, I thought... The theme of this week's quiz can be about players who have returned to former clubs. Mm. Eyes emoji. Eyes emoji. Um, Mm. Some triumphant, some not so much. But the usual rules 
will apply. Uh, first to shout in gets the opportunity to answer a question. One point for a correct answer. If you get the question wrong, you are subject to the minus one point Viking Dan rule and eliminated from the rest of that question. Uh, the guys might not know that now you all have to answer the question. There's no more passes for everyone. Um, so, are we all ready? Yes. Good, good. You sound it. Uh, we will start, <laughs> as always, question number one. Didier Drogba scored the winning penalty in the 2012 Champions League final, but was out of contract that summer. He left there. He left Chelsea to pass as new. He returned to the Blues two years later in 2014 after having spells with two different clubs. Name one of those clubs. Nerd. Nerd. Montreal. Minus one. Bollocks. <laughs> was that afterwards? Uh, don't care. It's irrelevant. It? Stop Stop talking. Joe. Joe. Phoenix. Minus one. Who's going in? You've all got to answer. You've all got to have a guess. Ah, oh, she's fucking second time. I'll tell you the answer. Go on, Duke. I can't think of anybody. Uh, Duke, <laughs> um, we'll just go for the... Um, minus one? Should we go minus yeah, one? Yeah, just go minus one, mate. I try it's not to, an answer. Uh, Leon. Just go Leon. It's not Leon, but let's go Leon. Seach, are you going to... Are you gonna... No, I, I have no answer okay, to give you, Mr. Quizmaster. Well. Yeah. Okay, so that's yeah. a good start for everyone. The answers... I know it. Uh, Joe, do you want to... Uh... Galatasaray? Yes, he's oh. one. And uh, he Toronto, originally left to go to China. Shanghai Shenhua. Was, was it after those that he went to? It was. It was the, after the second time, Matt. Both oh. of them. So that's good. Uh, question number two. One of the best finishers in recent memory, Robbie Fowler is still known as God to Liverpool fans. Fowler left the club the first time round in 2001 after he reportedly fell out with which Liverpool manager? Nerd. Nerd. Gerard Houllier. Yes. That is correct. There were so many answers rattling around in my head then when you asked Um. that question. (laughs) Question number three. Teddy Sheringham went to Man United only one fuckle until he won the lot, obviously. Um, the 1999 Champions League final was the icing on the cake of the United treble that year as Sheringham scored United's equaliser in injury time. In the FA Cup final that season, Sheringham scored the opener in a 2-0 win over which side? Do Joe. Newcastle. Is correct. Question number four. Joe Cole came through the West Ham Youth Academy and broke into the first team in 1998. After five years, he made the move across London to Chelsea before joining Liverpool in 2010. Before his return to West Ham in 2013, Joe. Joe. Leo. Is correct. Effort. Question number five. Thierry Henry made his triumphant return to Arsenal in 2012. The veteran striker was on loan from MLS side New York Red Bulls and made just a handful of appearances for the Gunners, scoring one solitary goal in the FA Cup. Doop. Doop. Leeds. Is correct. That was my shout as well. I was at the game, mate. Secret Arsenal fan. (laughs) We won't talk about it. Beta save. Secret, secret Leeds fan. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Question number six. Now, at the 2012 Open Golf Championship, Argentinian golfer Andres Romero's caddy also happened to be a Premier League footballer. This footballer played for both City and United. And teach. Teach. Tevez. Carlos Tevez is correct. Question number seven. Can you name the English left-back who made 250 appearances for Chelsea? Teach. Teach. Ashley Cole. Minus one. 
who made 250 appearances for Chelsea over two different spells and also won a Premier Nerd. League win. Nerd. Graham Lasseau. Graham Lasseau is correct. I was going in for that originally when, when the teacher went in and then I, I thought, actually, is it really 250? Bloody hell. Yeah. Question number eight. Wayne Rooney returned to Everton after a reasonably successful spell at Man United. The Everton fans took him back with open arms despite years of back-and-forth vitriol with the striker. Rooney didn't last long second time round and has now moved to which MLS? That was Teach. Washington. DC United. I'll accept that. It's gone soft. Question number... So I <laughs> Question number nine. Two meter Peter Crouch has had a fair few clubs in his time as a professional. However, he's had two spells at two different clubs throughout his career. One of those clubs is Tottenham. Nerd. Name the other nerd. QPR. Minus one. Dupe. Dupe. Portsmouth. Is correct. Dickhead. Pardon? Me, Dupe. I'm the dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thought fucking so. Question number 10. Joey Barton finished his career in 2017 when he retired from football after his second stint at Burnley. In 2012, Barton went on loan to which French club? Joe. Joe. Marseille. Is correct. Lad had a cracking French accent. (laughs) (laughs) He had a better gambling addiction there. Right, so 10 questions asked. 10 questions answered. Um, We do have a result. In joint third place on zero points is Mr. Nerdphonic and Mr. Officially Teach. Well done. Well done, gents. GG. In second place on one point is Mr. Friday Night FM. And out on his own, two points. Low scoring affair this week, but he is the winner. It's Mr. F. M. Dupe. Back to back. Back to back. I want to take this moment to retire. Back to back, is that? I won last week, mate. Thanks for listening. Tremendous. (laughs) Excellent work on the quiz, Mr. Kurt Dizzle. I quite enjoyed that. Quite difficult, but good. And well done, Mr. Dupe. Quite enjoyed that. Yeah, well, (laughs) shafting myself on answers, but no. Partially enjoyed it. Partially, yeah. Occasionally. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for your hard work. Excellent stuff. Glad that you're back. Um, right. Time for some quick plugs, gentlemen. Mr. Joe, where can people find you? Friday Night FM on Twitter, FridayNightFM.com. And what's the other one? Is that is that the blog? Is the blog? You can get there on that. It's a lot easier than saying the midfieldqb.com. Well, I thought we'd try <laughs> But there you go. I've just done it. Yeah, there you go. Right. Mr. Duke, where can people find you? Winning every pub quiz across the land uh, or FM dupe everywhere else. Perfect. Kurt Dizzle? Uh, Kurt FM, Twitter, Twitch, and uh, Instagram. Instagram. Mr. Tobes, where could people find you? <laughs> it sounded like some sort of illicit, uh, illicit deal. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, uh, officially teach on Twitch and Twitter. Perfect. And you can find me at Nerdphonic absolutely everywhere. That brings episode number 49 to a close. Uh, you can find the links for everything that we've mentioned, including the Five Star Pod Twitter account and the WeStream FM Discord server in the podcast description. Uh, the Five Star Potential Podcast is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most popular podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released at Monday every 8 a.m. Monday? Wow, that's brilliant. <laughs> every Monday at 8 a.m. Brilliant. <laughs> Uh, anyway, if you've enjoyed the pod, then please leave us a review on iTunes and drop us a follow on SoundCloud. This has been Five Star Potential, a We Stream Fan production, and we'll see you all next week for episode 50. Bloody hell. Say goodbye, folks. Goodbye, Cheerio. folks. Goodbye.